I'm Marcus Pibworth and welcome to the Ministry of Change podcast. Ministry of Change is a project in which I'm travelling around the UK exploring mental health. I'm exploring my own experiences with depression and anxiety and speaking to other people about their experiences. I'm connecting with people and projects that are either directly or indirectly having a positive effect on the way that we view and talk about our mental health. And I'm looking at how the way that we have structured society impacts our mental health and the possible systemic changes we could make to create a world in which everybody can be themselves and really thrive. When I started this journey, I had the question, how much of my experiences with anxiety and depression are because of my biology and how much of it is because of the society I live in or grew up in? Is society broken? Does it work for people? Are there things we need to change about it? My my assumptions were yes, and that's something I continue to explore. Um, So I think that's one of the things I find really interesting around this field of mental health is that it's such a vast thing. Your mental health isn't something that exists in isolation in your head, in your brain. It's something that relies on the interactions with the entire these huge ecosystems that we live in and really interested in exploring on this journey around the UK is yes I want to look at projects which are directly focused on helping people through uh, through difficulties with their mental health but also one of the things I'm really interested in looking at are some of those projects which maybe when you first hear of your mental health isn't the thing that springs into your mind so some of those things which are maybe working more to look at the way that we've structured society and look at the way that we interact with ourselves, that we connect with ourselves, that we connect with other people. And so one of those things I've been really interested in looking into more is permaculture. It's something that's been on my radar, I guess, for a couple of years now. And especially through my work with system change, it comes up a lot. Like I think it started off really as this set of principles of how to sort of grow, grow food better, grow vegetables better, how to use the land better but from those principles you, you can take those principles and lay them onto sort of our human systems and and see how can we structure them better how can we uh, make them more effective and so I, th- I think uh there's some really great things in there to investigate and uh I, yeah and i think it's actually quite sort of countercultural to the way that we live our lives now but something which i i really feel will become more and more prominent as as we go on so um when i went to bristol the other day or a few weeks ago in fact i asked uh friends if they could put me in contact with uh people to do with permaculture and a number of people pointed me in the direction of shift bristol so while i was there i was lucky enough to go along to shift bristol and uh, i met with sarah Pugh and briar who both help who both run the course and i also got the chance to chat um afterwards with some of the students and uh, and find out sort of how uh, their views on permaculture and actually it did turn out that a lot of people could see like a very direct link between uh, working with the land working with their hands uh, growing and sort of improving mental health so uh, anyway I will basically stop blabbering on now and I will let you listen to the conversation it's um, the study of nature it's the understanding of how 
nature works and it's the application of those principles to how we provide for our needs in terms of food, shelter, um, heat, transport, water, um, community, all of those things, with an underlying ethic, um, a kind of underlying ethical foundation of um, sharing nicely and looking after ourselves and the planet and um, yeah, kind of equity and justice and all of those sorts of things. Um, yeah, so that's what permaculture is. Its practical application is often in a gardening sense or a farming sense or a horticultural sense um, in terms of how we manage soil and woodlands and, and food production. Um, we can build buildings along permaculture principles to be very energy efficient, to use local resources, um, you, you know, all of those sorts of things. So, so it's really hard to define it, really, really, it's kind of a doing thing rather than an explaining thing, I think. Yeah. Okay, because I mean, this is, my initial understanding of it when I first came across it was that it was like, it was a, a, a way of sort of growing plants and growing mm. food and then through speaking mm. to people I got really interested in like hearing people talk about actually like yeah those maybe it came from that but then the principles actually are much more applicable mm. to sort of the way we live our lives in society mm. and um mm. and yeah I guess the way we connect to the world mm. around us and so that's why I um that's why I was interested in coming and discovering more about permaculture because I really want to understand how we can sort of look at the way that we're living our lives now as a in general as a society and what we can sort of do to start to change that in ways that can make sort of people have the opportunity to really sort of be themselves and sort of embrace themselves embrace their imperfections and uh yeah so how 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 do you think that do you have an opinion on that like how permaculture can help that yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've just checked i don't know if it's like if i'm completely off the mark no yeah. I think, you know, in a very in a very kind of dry academic way, you can look at permaculture and go, right, it's about, you know, composting and, and mulching and, and kind of managing your soil. But, but actually, it's about um, producing no waste. It's about minimising your impact. It's about um, um, connecting with nature. It's about doing things in a seasonal way. And, and I think we've sort of lived through quite a long time of things becoming very individualistic it, you know you can you can cite Thatcher or whatever you like but this idea that that we all compete against each other and that we all have to do things on our own and and be the best at it it's is kind of um um really counterintuitive when you try and do things in a sustainable way because we we've evolved to do things as tribes and to do things as communities so if you're trying to reduce your use of fossil fuels, you need a lot of man and woman power. And in order to do that, you need to be part of a community and you need to be able to act collectively. So I think that the sort of the belonging and the community is intrinsic in actually being able to do the thing sustainably. Mm. And, and so what often happens now when people try and kind of introduce sustainability measures it's still within that very individualistic mindset, which actually doesn't work because sooner or later you're going to have to fall back on fossil fuels or big machines or chemicals. Um, so it's kind of intrinsic in the practicalities of permaculture to have 
to work with your mates and your neighbours <laughs> and your community. Um, what I've found over the years is, I mean, that's how we teach that, you know, on the shift course here, which is a year-long course. We're not teaching people to pass an A-level in permaculture. We're teaching people to collectively gain that knowledge and be able to work together. So the community that it that it creates, I think, is... is um, it's really good for connecting with who you are, connecting mm. um, with your strong points and your and your um, weaker points, and uh, and asking people to help you with those mm. and sharing, you know. So, so I I think permaculture as a as a as a technique um, reconnects us with what being human is all about, really, and it reconnects us with the seasons and with our food and with putting our hands in the soil and I think all of that is really good for us. Yeah. We're in a really privileged situation where we get to really see that happening through the course of the year. We're involved with this group and we see them from like the very beginning start to make these connections with themselves and we're supporting them in the space but they're also most of it is that they're just learning to support each other and to kind of understand each other and work well as a group and it's really lovely to see that progressing. Yeah. What's the sort of the the end result of the year? Do they do like a, a, a project, or is it just sort of continual learning throughout? Yeah, they do a design project at the end, but they do. There's yeah. all sorts of different parts of it. So at one point yeah. they build a roundhouse, which is a mm-hmm. three week building project where they're given a pile of big <laughs> chunks of wood and they have to turn it into a into a building, mm. which is full on, you, you know, and. Um, do they do that somewhere else, or have you just yeah. got loads of round? No, we do. Garden? We work. Um, this year, we're we're working with a drug and alcohol rehab project, and so we're building a kind of yoga outdoor classroom space. For them. Mm-hmm. So we work within the community. So as well as being connected with the community of people in the room in the classroom, they're also connecting up with all sorts of different people kind of in their local community and further out as well, you know, within the sort of permaculture community. The wonderful thing about permaculture is that it's kind of, like Sarah was saying earlier, it's very much, there's a set of principles and and a kind of foundation about what it is, but the application of it is so vast because what you encourage with permaculture is for everybody to look at their own individual context and that's just inherently going to be different in different places. And even, you know, within a city, in different areas, it'll be different for different people internally, but also just on a wider scale also. But it's brilliant because, you know, whichever context you find yourself in, there's always little things that you can do. And they might be different for different people. Okay. And that's they will good. be different, yeah. That's good to know because I think for the last few years, uh, I've been living in various big cities and then I've been living in Brighton which obviously isn't a big city, but it's still it's an expensive city and it's like very expensive for a tiny amount of space. And mm. I, and I just got really stressed about the whole situation mm. of like sort of paying rent to sort of exist and not really be able to live, but then also not really having access to sort of a garden mm. and like being able to grow stuff. And I started to sort of think like, I don't know if there's any sort of possibility of creating change in that way. And so I've been exploring, I guess, over the summer and these last mm. few months different places but a lot of them exist in the countryside and outside of mm. cities but then you have these big cities which, which keep on growing and keep on growing and so I think I mean my sort of assumptions in it is that there's a, a, a balance to be found but 
it's not about sort of just getting rid of cities because mm. that's not going to happen. So yeah. it's like, how do you bring, how do you work yeah. these principles into these sort of fast-paced, small space, busy lifestyles? Yeah. So I think yeah. it's nice to hear. Yeah, I mean, I've only ever done permaculture really in the city, mm. so yeah. we're totally biased over yeah, in terms of biased. how much you can do in the city. And so, you know, in in Bristol, which is the place I know best, really, there's any number of community gardens. Mm. There's allotments. There's allotments for you know, there's a there's an a, an allotment project for asylum seekers for people who just can go and have a a day of just relaxing and kind of growing some food and being outside there's several community gardens mm. some of some of which are very focused on mental health kind of um providing therapeutic space for people um and not necessarily like formal therapy but just kind of come and grow some parsnips and mm. be outside and you know those sorts of things um there's people doing farming in the city there's people mm. doing community supported agriculture um where members kind of you know contribute and and support the work um there's places like feed bristol have you seen feed bristol yet i, I haven't I, I contacted them yeah mm. and it's so, an, an yeah. amazing space where yeah. there's wildlife ponds and 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 kind of mm. polytunnels and, and mm. forest gardens and annual veg and you know a million different things going on they're going growing mushrooms they're doing bees you know well, they're not doing bees are they they're, they're trying doing, to they are doing, they're doing native yeah. bees but not beehives but yeah, yeah. it's amazing it and really badgers and you know so so these places and and they get so many volunteers there mm. and they get people going up there for therapeutic reasons they get people going up there for rehabilitation kind of alcohol and drug stuff they get kids going up there, and they get people recovering from illness, they get all sorts of people there. So so as soon as you open these spaces in the city, there's kind of this huge um, desire for people to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the permaculture in the city is really powerful stuff, it's really kind of focused. Mm-hmm. What do you um, think What do you think brings all those, what, what is that desire, what brings all those types of people to these projects? Um, my dad once visited when I was teaching permaculture and he sort of mooched around at the back looking at the books on the table and he picked up this book and it said, and it was about straw barrel building. He went, oh, I'd love to do that. It would be amazing to build my own house. And afterwards I spoke to a friend and said, that's weird. My dad's never noticed anything like that before. And, you know, he said he wanted to build his own house and my friend looked at me and she said, everyone does. Mm. You know, and I think it's a real human need to be capable and able to do these things even if it's getting a seed and putting it in the ground and growing a radish there's something um really vital about doing that thing Mm. um and it's and it's about being really alive and i think even though we live in the city and even though we might have generations of people who've lived in high rises or, or kind of surrounded by concrete and cars and things that there's a very strong human need to be in nature you know and be surrounded by natural materials and be outside so i i yeah i don't think it's rocket science yeah and people kind of you know living in the city presents a lot of challenges but also on the opposite side of the same coin that's just a huge amount of opportunities and so many people are passionate about different things yeah everybody comes at permaculture from slightly different angles like we've got 24 students in there and you know 
by the end of this year they'll have done various different modules in building and organic horticulture and group work and all those kind of things and you know not one of them will go off and do the same thing with the knowledge that they've all had you know they'll, they'll pick the bits that they find really fascinating and they'll go off and they'll tell people about those and that it just creates this kind of ripple effect of all of these passionate people doing these amazing things it really is like it becomes when you're in a city and I've had this experience in the last couple of years it feels like when you start tapping into all these little things that are going on it feels like you've got this weird superpower because you're suddenly seeing all of these things that you never saw before and it's just just mind-blowing like all of the energy and the passion and the love is just it's really beautiful what's what's your story into permaculture both of you (laughs) my story is through sarah (laughs) i am i did a permaculture course with sarah Um, i kind of knew about permaculture a bit before i did the course um but I'd, i'd always wanted to study it and do a proper course and I did the course with Sarah last year and now I can't stop (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. and that's yeah so I guess my journey was through Sarah's journey what what, were before that were you interested in like what brought you into I've always been interested in in nature and growing and when I was at university I was in kind of running food co-ops and had an allotment and all of those kind of things so I was kind of like already in the a similar kind of world um and I'd been to kind of permaculture projects and things like that but I hadn't done an official kind of permaculture course so I guess I was actually practicing permaculture before but I didn't really realize what I was doing okay <laughs> and I think yeah. actually a lot of people lots are school and did lots of forest like school well, lots of camping yeah. I just yeah I can't yeah. stop being outside and muddy and things <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right I don't actually know what I, well interesting I, I mean I've always done kind of you know, I've always done, always been on the alternative side of life, I suppose. Um, and then, and then I moved to Wales. I lived with a guy in Wales, and he introduced me to permaculture. And so I grew a few things in the garden. And I had a, an interesting time actually because we had this idyllic cottage that we rented in Wales, and we had this beautiful garden. And then one day, a guy from Birmingham turned up, and he'd bought the kind of derelict barn thing right at the back at the bottom of our garden and he would turn up every weekend with his drills and cement mixes and things and he was to to uh, renovate this barn to turn it into something weird I can't remember what and and I just had this real sense of here I am in this idyllic country setting feeling quite distant from all the funky stuff that's going on in town but also this guy from the city is coming out and bringing all this kind of city noise to me. And I just thought, mm-hmm. I need to go back to the city and get this, and do this in the city. Because, mm-hmm. you, you know, otherwise you're just sort of sitting there waiting for it, waiting for it to sort of envelop you. So, so I did, I came back to Bristol and I did a course with Mike Feingold, who's a dude. Yeah, and, just, and again, they just never stopped. Did an yeah. intro course on that yeah. and just remember thinking, oh my God, this is it's my thing, Chloe. this is it. You it's know, so, it's, it's, it really is life-changing. Yeah. To, yeah. And I think, you know, but I think, and that's something that I've always been really passionate about. And I think there's a really good book by um, Sir Ken Robinson called Element. And it talks about the, that sense of when you find the thing you love. And I think, you know, for some people that happens with pottery and some people it happens with dance and singing and or, or 
kind of traveling the world or, or you, you know mathematics or whatever it is and I think for me it was very much uh, ah this is what I do so mm. so then I just got carried on waging through it really I suppose yeah. <laughs> okay. that's really interesting because I I grew up on a farm in the countryside yeah. so mm. I was like always surrounded by sort of this sort of stuff and country mm. life and being out in nature but then I mm. think in my late teens I like just started to feel like I guess it was the teenage rebellion and I was like I hate yeah. the countryside I, yeah. it's so boring I, mm. and I went off and I lived in over like the course of my, my 20s I lived in Hong Kong and I went mm. to China and lived in Beijing and I went like all over to have this mm. real fascination of big cities and yeah and I used to just go back to the countryside and just just be a sort of I just hate the sort of deafening silence of yeah. it all mm. and then somewhere over the last few years I started to really feel like a sense of loss mm. or something and feel mm. really sort of I mean went through sort of anxiety and depression stuff but I realized mm. a few years ago that it was yeah like I've just read like maybe like once a month if that I'm going out into nature mm. and sometimes mm. not even that and uh yeah so like gradually over the last few years I've been like trying to find that connection again and go mm. back into nature and I think it's it definitely like it it seems so now to look back and think like how can you spend like sort of years never really sort of going out mm. into sort of just walk through trees and through fields mm. and like I think yeah there's, I'm starting to just feel more and more need for that connection again and I think mm. I see that a lot with people especially people who yeah, sort of don't have that access to it mm. yeah. yeah yeah and there is always access to that even if yeah. it's kind of a little brook at the bottom of the street or it's a park or you know but and, and I think I mean it's it's interesting that culturally in the city um quite often that deafening silence that you you I love about now the, so about much. The, yeah, <laughs> but 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 culturally, yeah. you, you even though people live in the countryside, they're not necessarily connected with nature any more mm. than people mm. in the city are. You, you know, if you live surrounded by big agricultural businesses, and there's, you know, there's not. You can drive down the lanes and you can walk through public footpaths, but there isn't that sense of kind of skipping over open moors and things like that. It, you know, for for everyone, and and I think also sometimes rural communities can also be quite conservative and can be quite stuck in their ways and something like permaculture which is around reducing consumption and and organic methods and and not using chemicals and all that kind of stuff can be quite challenging for those mm. communities so in the city when everywhere there's a whole load of different streams of people that you can connect with um, it's often easier to kind of plug into that sort of network obviously we're talking about the stuff that we do particularly yeah. on the in shift and in Bristol but I think permaculture courses generally and the permaculture network generally across the world has this has this effect on people you, you yeah. know this kind of really um I think for me the biggest thing for me was feeling I felt for many years massively overwhelmed by the state of the world like why are they doing oh my god they're doing nothing oh my god look at that like really mm this is crazy and I don't and my mum used to say well what should what should we do instead and I'd go I don't know mm. <laughs> and then I discovered permaculture and went ah that's no, it <laughs> no, 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 what we should be doing instead and yeah. and it and it requires a massive cultural shift it's completely the opposite of the way that that that, that money and the, the and you know all those 
big corporate systems are taking us. It's almost completely opposite of the way the education system works and the health system works and everything, you know. And I'm not dissing those things. There's, mm -hmm. a, there's a lot of really good things about the education and the health system. And, and you know, however, and the, and the farming system, there's some good things in that. But permaculture is this really different way of thinking about mm -hmm. it because it's, its number one aim is to reduce consumption and to kind of mm. relocalize and to not waste anything and to reuse things and repair things and yeah. you, you know um so so yeah so i think i think for me permaculture is about there being a little grain of sense yeah. on this kind of you, you know mm. plastic strewn beach of insanity and it can <laughs> feel really overwhelming that kind of the, those massive issues that we face and all of those problems that do just feel like there's nothing you can do about them but the wonderful thing about permaculture is that it focuses so much on positivity and what we do have and what connections we can make just by connecting a few people who are interested in in, in you know x thing and it's about looking at those connections and looking at the resources that we have and it's all it just feels like a very positive way of looking at a situation that we're finding ourselves in that isn't always easy to look at positively and it's a it's a nice it's a nice way of being able to kind of think about things in a slightly more productive and a bit less mm. overwhelming and depressing way, really. Well, also if you get into permaculture, you spend more time outside. Yeah. You spend more time eating good, healthy food with loads of nutrition in it. Drinking cider. Yeah. <laughs> or apple juice. Or apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know, there's there's a very sort of creative kind of resourceful side to it mm. you can't help but connect with other people who are doing it because you need to borrow tools or to get help with things or to, to you know you need to go to their allotment to help them with it because you haven't got your own there's a whole kind of need for connection so you can't you kind of by default end up in a in a healthier mm. situation kind of physically mentally spiritually emotionally mm in a better situation if you're doing permaculture than if you're not mm. you, you know if you're sitting at home staring at a computer looking at all the problems of the world and um yeah it can, that, can, that can be really debilitating mm. if you if you just go and do a thing that works mm. one thing get that seed put it in the ground and it mm. and you grow something and then eat it mm. there's a there's a real sense of achievement and kind of satisfaction with that as yeah. well and you get to share it with other people and they're happy about it as well and it just kind of snowballs into a yeah. lovely thing. Yeah. Well, thanks to Sarah and Briar from Shift Bristol for giving me some of their time to talk about permaculture. I found it really fascinating and it's definitely something I'm going to be investigating further. Uh, and if you want to look more into what they do at Shift Bristol, then check out their website, which is www.shiftbristol.org.uk. I really like the way that permaculture creates a wider focus on how we choose to live our lives. And I think it provides hope in the face of what can often feel like overwhelming odds against us as, as a society. Uh, I think it's fascinating to explore these alternatives to mainstream culture and it's really important for me in helping me to unlearn some of the things that I've taken for granted. I'd be really interested to hear your experiences with permaculture and if it's been a benefit to your mental health and also other projects or ideas which you feel are having a similar effect on the way we live our lives. 
Uh, to find out more about what I'm doing with Ministry of Change, then please check out www.theministryofchange.org. And also please take a moment to rate the Ministry of Change podcast on Apple Podcasts app so I can continue to make and produce more. Also, if you're listening to this and are thinking how terrible the sound quality are and the editing skills and you know something about it, then please do get in touch. I'm learning all this as I go along and I'd love the opportunity to improve my skills to create the optimum listening experience for you. Uh, Okay, well, anyway, that's me for now and I hope to see you back here very soon. Goodbye.